Raised by Spirit, Chapter 10, Solstice and Guidance from Sekhmet. While I most certainly am not an expert on Egyptian mythology, I do have a close relationship with one particular goddess named Sekhmet, the Lionhead Goddess. In order to fully understand my experience with this amazing goddess and the experiences that followed after meeting her, I must first explain what I do know of Egyptian mythology. First, we must acknowledge Mayat. She is the Egyptian goddess and concept of truth, justice, harmony, balance, and more importantly, cosmic order, respectfully interchangeable with the concept and embodiment of Mother Earth or Mother God. Mayat is generally depicted with wings and a peacock feather. This peacock feather is weighed against the souls after the soul leaves the physical body to determine whether or not a soul can move forward to the afterlife. Anubis is important to mention here as he is known as the Wolfhead God, best recognized for working beside Mayat, assisting souls to the afterlife after the weighing of the soul ceremony takes place. Then we have Ra, he is known as the Sun God also respectfully interchangeable with the embodiment of Father God. Next, there is Isis and Osiris. Isis is often known as the goddess or embodiment of magic, and Osiris, her husband, the god of underworld. Now, in my experience with them, they are twins, a king and queen, if you will, but they are the manifestation of Mayat and Ra into the mind-body-spirit experience, or underworld. However, mythology states together they had a son named Horus. Horus is the embodiment of the bridge between heaven and earth, or enlightenment. The myth of Isis, Osiris, and Horus share similar concepts to that which we see throughout all religious cultures, especially the relationship of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Isis has three main personas or roles that she will embody, which are identified by three different names in Egyptian mythology. Respectfully, I must add that she is also the goddess of 10,000 names. She has earned that role because she is the female embodiment of all goddesses throughout all religious cultures that humanity has ever experienced. Her first persona is Hathor. She is the goddess or embodiment of a woman's love and beauty within the home and hearth. She is often depicted and associated as a golden calf. Now in Native American mythology, we see this association with the white buffalo woman. Her next persona is known as Beset. She is the goddess or embodiment of the female fertility and ability to create and often depicted as a cat or a feline. And lastly, there is Sekhmet. Sekhmet is one of the oldest and most well-known Egyptian goddesses, and she is the female embodiment of the fire within or the kundalini. More often than not, people will associate her with death, destruction, and rebirth. She is depicted as the embodiment of a lioness. The name Sekhmet translates into the powerful one and the protector of Mayat and all her children living and experiencing the underworld or mind-body-spirit experience. There are several other Egyptian gods and goddesses that hold equal value. However, these are the ones that I am most acquainted with throughout my experience. Within Egyptian mythology, Sekhmet became known as the powerful one and protector of Mayat as Ra became displeased with the people of Egypt. The people of Egypt began to detour on a disharmonized and imbalanced way of living. They were not following the cosmic universal laws that were set in place by Mayat to maintain balance and harmonization within the mind-body-spirit experience. So it was at that point that Ra decided to create Sekhmet from the center of his very being, or from the apple of his eye, 
depending on how you are translating the text, in efforts to correct the imbalance. It's also important to keep in mind that several gods and goddesses were created in similar fashions, from the apple of Ra's eye. When Sekhmet was originally created, she first appeared as a serpent or a cobra only later to become depicted as a lion. I would also like to take a moment to point out the other similarities we see that are similar to Sekhmet's story throughout history. In Psalm 17 of the King James Version, David writes, Keep me as the apple of your eye and hide me under the shadow of your wings. In esoteric belief systems, this concept states that consciousness within the tree of life is replicated within the human chakras or energy centers. When the energy centers of the physical body are in perfect alignment and are operating properly, our auras or energy field will form a sacred geometric shape in the form of a torus field, or better yet, an apple-shaped vortex. At that point, through the apple vortex, the fire within, or kundalini, which is depicted also as a serpent, will then rise upward from the base of your spine or the root chakra through up all the energy centers of the body until it reaches the third eye chakra. The third eye chakra, or pineal gland, is shaped like a pine cone. When this occurs, it opens and expands one's consciousness and the serpent then guards and protects the third eye chakra from then on. In other words, enlightenment occurs. And in a non-religious perspective, we still say it to this day in the term of apple of my eye as an expression of love. Nonetheless, the story goes on to say that Sekhmet then began to destroy everything and everyone in Egypt when she was created, not just the ones that were creating the imbalance and disharmony. She covered Egypt in blood. Ra tried to stop her, but she was too enraged and couldn't hear him. He decided to pour thousands of jugs of beer stained with pomegranate juice into the Nile River, coloring it as red as blood to draw her in. Sekhmet, being bloodthirsty, she thought it was indeed blood, drank it so quickly, and the story says that she became so intoxicated she slept for three days. After those three days, she awakened with a realization of what she had done. And once she had that realization, she herself transformed. And from then on, protected all the children of Egypt in times of chaos, destroying the causes of fear, rage, and imbalances so that they too could be reborn and achieve enlightenment. It is said that when you are going through times of chaos in your life, if you call upon this amazing goddess and all that she embodies, she will fiercely and lovingly devour what no longer serves you, what's no longer serving your best interest granting you rebirth and transformation within your mind-body-spirit experience, placing you back into perfect alignment to achieve your soul's purpose. To me, Sekhmet is the ideal mother figure and everything that a mother truly does represent. Her love is indestructible and indescribable, and anyone who has ever had an experience with her is transformed forever. This brings me to the December 2020 solstice that Thomas kept referring to after he fully crossed over, and the guided meditation I not only channeled from Sekhmet, but decided to hold space for a public group meditation on solstice evening. That night, as my guests started to go through the meditation, I sat in a rocking chair while monitoring the meditation music. I remember closing my eyes briefly in between, and when I did, all of a sudden I see this image of a pure white Sekhmet statue standing in front of me. The first thing she said to me was, sit up straight like the priestess that you are. And I was like, yes ma'am. She then handed me her staff to hold and all I saw at that point on was her wandering throughout my living room standing momentarily in front of my guests, only to then move to the next person shortly thereafter. 
I had no idea what she was doing. After meditation, as everyone opened their eyes and started to come back, I asked if anybody wanted to share their experience. It was like crickets. Nobody wanted to speak. It was pure silence. At that point, I felt that if everybody was happy with the meditation and received and understood what was granted to them, then it served its purpose and I would wrap things up. Then a very dear friend of mine named Michael, his native name Miskwa, decided to speak up. I remember him saying, I don't know about you guys, but I had somebody breathing right in front of my face and everyone gasped looking at him as if they too experienced something similar. Mike went on to describe his experience and said this heavy breathing only lasted for a moment and then he was engulfed in a feeling of love and acceptance he had never felt before. He went on to say that he had a sense of oneness, harmony, and balance. And that was it. In my mind, I thought, oh my God, they're not going to believe me when I tell them who is with us. And since Mike opened up the communication floodgates, again, I looked around the room and asked if anybody else wanted to share. Another guest spoke up and said, as I sat on the couch and tried to relax, I found myself walking along a familiar path. It was a cut path through thick trees, but light could be seen up ahead. Eventually, I made my way to the clearing, but along the way, I had bumped into somebody who seemed stressed. So after a while of walking together, we seated ourselves with a group of people in a clearing. And as I sat there for a moment, I realized I didn't belong there with this particular group of people. Perhaps I was just meant to help this person find their group. So I decided to wander off again on my own. I looked around where I had wandered and there appeared two snakes, one smaller and one a large python. I stretched out my hand as if to give them permission to rest their heads on my hand only to realize I have never seen snakes in my previous meditations. I always see at least one wolf. And as quickly as that thought entered my mind, the snakes were gone and there was a wolf off in the distance. He just stood there looking at me, so I decided to move on. It didn't take long after that and the bright sun was gone and I was in the middle of the dark. The weather had changed along with the meditation music and there were beings who stood around me in the dark, but I couldn't see them clearly. I remember thinking if I only had some kind of light source and all of a sudden a staff appeared in my hand. It was like an incredibly fancy tiki torch. As the wind started to blow, the fire on the top of the staff started to move. And as I watched it, I realized it wasn't fire. It was like a lightning effect on top of this staff. The light continued to get stronger and stronger. And as I stood there, the lightning from the staff became so powerful, it was like a hurricane with purple and blue lightning striking, shredding everything around me. Then I heard a female's voice say, be still. And as I stood there as still as possible, the staff began to settle. The purple and blue fog around me had cleared as well and now I was able to see the beings who stood around me. They were bright white and gold and slowly walking away. My eyes opened and the visions had ended. I remember explaining to him like I did for everyone and do for everyone when I hold group meditations what I felt his message was. However, at this time, I did have help from Sekhmet. I explained his visions were about the ability to balance as a co-creator within our own experience. He, like so many, help others along the way. However, even those of us that guide others still have that inner voice. When heard, we too must listen. The two snakes or serpents that he saw along with the staff represent the symbol of spiritual awakening that occurs when the kundalini is rising. Whether you associate that with the caduceus symbol or sekhmet, like I mentioned earlier, that apple vortex is often seen in Egyptian art with the two serpents representing the divine masculine and divine feminine within everyone wrapping itself up and around the staff or your energy centers all the way up to the pineal gland protecting the third eye, allowing enlightenment to occur. Another girl shared her experience saying, 
At the start of my meditation, I felt the pressure at the base of my spine, as if large hands were holding my wrists and pulling up a force field up my back around my ribs and up to my heart center. As the hands came to my throat, I was resisting, but I was forced to open up my throat chakra. She went on to explain, I couldn't fully see the woman doing this, but I knew she had wild black hair and olive features. She looked at me and I gave in. She pulled her hands over my head and I felt as if I was being swallowed whole. And that's when I let go and relaxed with trust. I started to see green and brown colors that formed a forest in front of me. And as I walked along the dirt path, I was alone, but I still felt this woman walking beside me and guiding me. As I walked, the image before me transitioned to a stone beach with an ocean on one side and a vast open field on the other. It then transitioned back into the forest with a path that it was now guiding me to a small village. This village consisted of traditional long houses, and as I approached the houses, a family of Native American people were standing in the doorway of the one house. They were looking at me, motioning me to follow them. I couldn't see their faces clearly at that moment, but I could feel the warmth as if they knew me, so I followed them as they led me to a bonfire where we sat for a while. We stared into the roaring flames of this glowing bright red and orange fire against the black sky until we heard thunder. At that point, we retreated back into one of the longhouses together. As the thunder rumbled, I felt the ground beneath me shake with the force of the storm. I felt fearful, but then I looked at the people around me and became less afraid. Everything started to fade to black as if the sky fell into the earth standing in the endless darkness and I start to hear the words I am. Those words resonated throughout my body and as the words continued to repeat the feeling in my body grows like a buzzing or a vibration and I became overwhelmed with emotion. I could feel my heart beating out of my chest as the emotion sent chills through my body. I felt the pressure holding my hands and I could feel the presence of this woman standing in front of me again. Keep in mind, everything was still black and dark at this moment, but I could feel everything so intensely. I knew this was the same woman who was with me in the beginning. She was warm but strong. She held my hands with force as I felt the emotions flow through my chest. It was like she was taking them from me, and I could feel her hands release, and I was engulfed in her strength. This was a beautiful example of all of the feelings that were associated within the messages in this meditation. And even though this meditation was, yes, indeed channeled from Sekhmet herself, none of the guests knew this at the time, yet they were all experiencing how powerful her love and ability is in the exact way they needed to experience. I'd also like to point out again that meditation is not always about seeing. This particular group attendee was taken away from the visuals to a point where she had to feel everything and she had to trust the process. Sometimes the feelings are more important. Sometimes the feelings are what we need in order to understand the message. After she shared her experience, I explained her message was delicately but forcefully guiding her to let go of the emotions she was hanging on to. They were no longer serving her and they were prolonging her spiritual growth and journey towards achieving her own enlightenment. Another guest described her experience saying she had never felt so loved or cared for in a meditation by the family that she was shown. For this guest specifically, this was something that she had struggled with immensely, always searching to find that unconditional love. She said the messages that she was provided were of healing, and accepting herself. Very simple, yes, but still very powerful. Another guest, also a student at the time, was struggling with communicating when it came to trauma associated with females in her family, both current and before her. In prior meditation, she was guided to heal her throat chakra or 
her ability to communicate and speak her truth in order to overcome this. She shared that her experience for both this meditation and previous ones, she saw cherubs. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with cherubs, they are best known as an angelic figure that represents love, but also for helping us work through, or in her case, express through her feelings in order to overcome the experiences of generational trauma formed by being silenced or feeling as though she had no voice. Not to mention that these angelic beings are also closely related to the seraphim who appear in the book of Isaiah. Their names actually mean the burning ones or the flying serpents, depending on how you are translating the text. She shared that during this meditation, she was presented with her family members, the same family members in her current lifetime. And at that exact moment, her throat felt a little weird. And all of a sudden, the family she was viewing instantly transformed into people that she didn't fully recognize. Again, at the same moment, that odd feeling in her throat dissolved and went away. The family that transformed before her made her feel as though she was unconditionally loved and accepted. She went on to say she simultaneously felt the ability to release the need to control this current life challenge with communication. The message for her was in order for her to balance the divine feminine and divine masculine within her, she had to vocalize how she felt. This was something that at some point along the way, along this generational path, became unable for her to do and spread through to the other females in the family. For her, the inability to transmit or transform the trauma turned into a need to control. She was guided to vocalize how she felt, and by that simple act, just by doing that, she would begin to heal the trauma for herself, for previous family members, and for family members yet to come. She, like so many before us, had been carrying the trauma for too long, thus creating the imbalances for generations. I'd also like to point out a few things. First and foremost, that the meditation channeled by Sekhmet was indeed designed and created with the direct intention of bringing back the divine feminine, bringing back the balance and harmony throughout the self by fully and equally encompassing the divine feminine and the divine masculine within. Secondly, the serpents, the staff, all of which represented the balance of the masculine and feminine throughout the body. The water that people saw was the emotions, the feeling of unwavering love and acceptance. The storms, the darkness, all of what we face and the death of what no longer serves us. Like the phoenix representing a beautiful rebirth of things that await us when all of this happens. Everything not only tied in to Sekhmet and all she represents, but always presented again in a way that people could understand it in order to overcome their own personal challenges, to let go, to rise above, to find balance, to find harmonization. So apparently, after Sekhmet handed me this staff, this is what she was doing as she was wandering around my living room. One thing I will never forget from that night, once the group meditation was over and I finally made my way up to bed, I remember I felt and held so much gratitude with every ounce of my essence. And as I sat in my bed feeling all these feels, I closed my eyes momentarily and all of a sudden I could feel her lion presence before me, very similar to the way that Mike had described her. I could feel the heat of her breath, Quite literally, it felt as if she was sitting right on my bed in lion form. Then, within an instant, she put her forehead on mine, third eye to third eye, and I could feel her fur, her warmth, and her love. I could feel it all. And when I opened my eyes, there she sat, in lion form, clear as day. 
I started to say thank you to her and this beautiful goddess turned and fell into my body. I never before this and never since then experienced anything like this. And I know it might sound odd, however the best way I can explain it to you is it's like the movie Ghost, when Whoopi Goldberg had her first transmedium experience and spirit went into her body. Except for me, it was Sekhmet in lion form. Ever since then, she has continuously come through with all these powerful messages, and quite honestly, her timing couldn't be more perfect. It couldn't be more divine. This is undoubtedly a time in humanity's evolution where we need her. We need her essence and her energy the most right now, as we all have our own storm or generational cycle of imbalanced experiences both individually and collectively to correct to balance and to harmonize. We all have cycles to break and the choices we make to break them or not will determine the speed to which the collective human experience moves forward into this new age that began on December 21st, 2020. This new age is written in stone. There is nothing or no one that can stop it though some will try. However, as I continue to share the compiled messages that Sekhmet and others have given me along the way, along with the personal experiences I've had to fully understand and relay it all to others like yourself, just know I am beyond honored and grateful for her, for all of them, for everything, for every storm, for every death, for every phoenix rising and everything in between, as that grants me, along with others, to share such divine truth.